Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Now the pitch. Freeman swings, line drive, right center field. Tucker going back, reaches up over his head, all the way to the wall. Around third here is Betts cruising into second base. And a two-out double, and Freddie Freeman, career hit, number 2,000, comes on a double to right center. The former Atlanta Brave, Freddie Freeman, making history last night in the Dodgers' extra inning loss to the Houston Astros out at Dodgers Stadium, which, as I mentioned with Matt, at the end of the 4 o'clock hour is one of those stadiums in Major League Baseball I've never been to that I would love to get to. I think it's underappreciated. Everybody knows about Wrigley. Everybody knows about Fenway. But Dodger Stadium is the third oldest still active Major League ballpark. It's got a lot of history, a lot of tradition uh, there in Los Angeles, being the fact that it's in L.A., people don't think about it that much. Um, but that's one I would uh, – Chavez Ravine out there in L.A., right? A.J., this is your neck of the woods out there, right? Oh, yeah. Dodger. Yeah. Now, have you ever been to Dodger Stadium? I certainly have. I, I survived <laughs> Dodger Stadium, yeah. Now, why do you say that, you survived Dodger Stadium? That, that sounds like something somebody would say about Yankee Stadium or old veteran stadium in Philadelphia or something. Why, why do we say it like that? Put it this way, when I first moved out there, it was one of the most dangerous places you could go was Dodger Stadium at that time. I'm thinking... 2009 to 11 or something like that it was it was actually pretty rough it was wow. it was all because over of the, the area because like the neighborhoods and everything or, or what why I don't get that you know why? what I don't get it either it didn't really make any sense um no, no shade to like where the the Rams play Inglewood like yeah they weren't affected there it was just some weird it was it was like a weird wave. There, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There was a lot of crime for about four or five years. It was it was like an epidemic almost, and then it sort of mellowed out. Huh? I never would have thought that. I mean, because you know, on TV they always show the Chamber of Commerce shots, right? You know, the, the majestic mountains and the sunshine or the well, sun setting and the Hollywood sign and all that. Yeah, there was a couple of deaths, and it's like strange. Wow. It's hard to kind of get there. It's kind of a pain in the butt, and it, there's a lot of dark areas around it. it's kind of out there on its own isn't it hard to get everywhere in la though i mean come on oh being lay about- hey yeah. come riding with me brother i can get to <laughs> one into la to the other in 20 minutes you no, know what's you funny can't. what, oh, what okay. are you the jetsons and oh. you fly over everybody okay. or what okay okay here we go this is one of my rants guess what la is gridded is gridded all right if you're on a road okay you just and it's 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 backed up get off Go four oh, sure, streets that's over. Easy. Have you ever played that game? That right, little... I'll just be George Jetson and I'll fly above everybody to go four streets it's over. It's so easy, and I don't oh understand how people get lost in New York. It's that New York's not only gridded; it's numbered. Like, man, how do you get lost in Manhattan? Just do math. The opposite is true for like Washington D.C. Oh yeah, which is which the the, the way I heard it, they did that on purpose because of all the government stuff there. If anything, DC just driving in DC, like yes. when I first got my license and all the one way, it really trained me on how to just 
navigate my way out of stuff. I like what you did there, by the way. Trained me. So you would just take the train, which you can't do in L.A. because they don't have a subway system. What the heck uh, are they bro, thinking? Bro, we Give have me a, a break. We have a subway system. It's not a good subway system. No, you what? No, we do. We have a little bit of a subway system. A it, little bit of a subway system. It, well, no, we do. No, so everywhere you can have a subway system. I never took the subway. Most people take the bus. if they Just don't do public transportation. In LA. Right. But we do I have know. a subway. That's why everybody has a car, and there's not enough concrete for all the cars. I get it. Never mind. You know, Matt's anyway, gone. I, you can turn back to nice Bob now. <laughs> you've, been, you've been really, like, Matt really gave you the energy to go hardcore today. <laughs> and it and it detoured. Yes, I did that on purpose. Away from the topic of conversation at the top of the show, which was the Freddie Freeman uh, double last night that got him the two thousand major league hits, uh, which puts him sixth active. And I, this is kind of interesting as a baseball guy. So Miguel Cabrera at forty, he's probably had the rest of this year, and he's done probably uh, for the Tigers. Uh, he's over 3,000. Uh, Hall of Fame career, pretty sure. 3,119 hits for Cabrera. But I think Freeman is probably the next in line of active players who could get to 3,000. Because here's the list. Joey, Joey Votto has 2,098, but he's 39. Uh, he, he's not going to make it. Nelson Cruz, he's not going to make it. He's 42. He has 2,049 hits. Uh, Elvis Andrus is 34. He has 2,036. Man, he's already played 15 years. He'd have to play almost another 10 to get to that point. Andrew McCutcheon, who I love, former Pirate, Pirate again now, former Philly, uh, several other teams in there. Uh, he's at 2,009 hits, but he's 36. I don't think he's going to get there. And then Freeman is at 2,000 hits. And he's 33, right? So if he played another 10 years, that would get him to 43. I don't think he's going to do that. But let's just say he would need 100 hits a year, which that he would do as long as he's still doing what Freddie Freeman is doing. I'm looking back at his list here. He's had um, 150 hits for like eight straight years, uh, minus the uh, pandemic year, something like that. So he wouldn't even need 10 years to get there. So I think he's the next likely 3,000 hit guy in Major League Baseball. The only other one I see is Jose Altuve, who's right behind him. Unfortunately, Altuve did not play last night in the Astros-Dodgers game on the Sunday night game. Uh, He's got a heel injury. But he has 1,961 hits, so 39 behind Freeman, and he's also 33 years old. I think he's got a shot. I think those two guys would have a shot at 3,000 hits if they can stick around another seven years or so. Probably Plato about their 40, and with the DH, I think they could both do that, more so Freeman than Altuve, but both of them could. So I think those are the next two guys that potentially could get to 3,000 hits. Now, here's the question that I thought about, and I knew we were going to open the segment. Welcome to the Sports Huddle here on a Monday afternoon. Bob Black with you, hosting remotely, AJ in our ESPN Richmond studios. And I knew we were going to play the uh, play-by-play clip from ESPN Radio of um, Freeman getting hit. 2000 and I, you know i looked it up now he has uh, 2000 hits 1700 of them came in an atlanta braves uniform right and he was the face of the braves franchise championships rings um you know led the league in hits has led the league in doubles uh played 162 games you know pretty much every year at least 160 or so uh, face of the atlanta franchise and now he reaches this monumental plateau of 2000 hits 
in a Dodgers uniform. So I ask you, my Atlanta Braves fans, are you happy for Freddie Freeman? Are you happy that he accomplished 2,000 career hits, even though he ditched your team after the 2021 season, the World Series championship, and is now with one of your rivals? There's another topic I didn't get to with Matt today that we'll get to um, on a future edition of Mashup Monday, every afternoon from 4 to 5, every Monday afternoon from 4 to 5 on this show. So are you happy for Freddie Freeman? that he accomplished that mark with the rival Dodgers. So where's my, like, like Spider John, my, my Braves fan there, and Frank, my Braves fan, who's out there and has my direct text line. Are you happy for Freddie? Heck, I could ask my, my kids, for that matter. Both Sarah and Will are big, big Braves fans and were huge Freddie Freeman fans, particularly Sarah. And now here he's doing this with the Dodgers. He had a great year last year with the Dodgers. He batted 325, and he's close to that again this season. So I wonder if you're a Braves fan. I guess the fact that the Braves are having so much success makes it a little bit easier to keep rooting for a guy who was your franchise and is now with one of your rivals. But I I do kind of wonder if you're happy for Freeman that he reached that 2,000-hit plateau, and he did it in a Dodgers uniform, even though 1,700 of those hits came in an Atlanta Braves uniform. So ponder that a little bit. Hey, Bob, real quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this is kind of like a segue. You brought up something. I wanted to bring it up in the last hour. It, as far as, like, dumbest things in sports, I'm surprised yeah. a, a baseball lover and a National League loyalist like you did yeah. not bring up the designated yeah. hitter. Yeah, you're on to something there. You are. Uh, I've never been a fan of the DH in general. You make a great one. That, and I think Matt actually is with me on that one. Uh, I can't remember. Well, I remember to ask him that next week. Um Although I guess we'll cross paths over the next few days, but next week on the show. But here's the deal. I didn't like it at all when it first came, and I was a kid when they first put it into the American League. And I eventually got used to it, and I liked the idea that one league did it one way and one did it other. I know the commissioner and Matt and I are on the same page there. I don't like Manfred either. But I know he wanted all this consistency, and we get to the, the World Series, and you don't want one team to have an event. But I like the idea that there was a contrast, that one league did it one way and one league did it the other, and you just have to adapt. I'm kind of talking out both sides of my mouth because in the first hour I talked about playing the game differently in the regular season as opposed to the postseason. It's different. It is. It was certainly one of the leagues would be playing it differently, depending on whether they were in a National or American League park and whether they're using the DH or not. But I, I don't like the DH in general, but I would have liked it if they kept it in the American League and didn't have it in the National League. I'll let you talk here in just a second, AJ, except for the one other side of my mouth I'm going to talk out of, and that's that Bryce Harper never would be playing this season if it wasn't for the DH because he had the elbow injury, he can't throw, he would not have been able to play at all. So at least we've got him as a DH. Yeah, we, you know, like, again, National League purists, but we would have lost some Ken Griffey years, some Frank Thomas years. I'm with you. Like that it's just because there's a couple of bright things on a wrong horrible idea, you know? It's okay to it's okay to enjoy the few things they got right about it. And boy, I'm really glad that you just mentioned that you're a National League guy too because for a moment there I forgot who your favorite team is. And and I watched that meltdown yesterday, that oh. comedy of errors that happened at Citizens Bank Park yesterday afternoon. That really did have me laughing, AJ. You didn't hear? We're remaking Major League. We're just, we're, it's not going to be the, uh, what are they called now? The, what are the Indians called now? 
the Guardians. Yeah, the Guardians. Well, I think worse. you need to go all the way back to Bad News Bears because I think that's where the Mets are right now. They would beat us. <laughs> you know, that game ended yesterday. I, I almost had to remind myself I had to be happy that the Phillies won because it was just so bad that it's like, what what just happened here? They literally scored four runs on one hit in the eighth inning. They had more hit batters than they had hits in that inning. Can I keep piling it on you? No, you, you know what? Just, <laughs> just, just do the coup de gras. Why is it that the one thing that people were complaining about was like our old pitchers, and that is the only thing that's been good all year? It has lately. They have Verlander and Scherzer. Scherzer got the only win in that series against the Phillies um, this past weekend. So you you are right about that. They are starting to the cream is rising to the top there a little bit with Verlander and Scherzer, and the rest of their guys are just imploding. And yesterday was one of the great implosions of. Uh, of all time, I well, think, for, for the Mets. You want a good Monday take for you that yeah. uh, we can recap on next Monday? Ugh, I hate saying this to you guys. I think the Phillies are making a comeback. I think they're they're climbing. They're getting there. They're get, I wish they would have gotten one in, against Atlanta. Um, like I said, my guy Spider John, I owe him a milkshake now because we normally have this friendly, I can't call it a bet, you know me, I can't do that. We have this friendly conversation, and when we go have a meal together, I just happen to buy a little extra for him because he did it for me last time when the Phils won. But, the, yeah. the, you know. So. I'm anyway. going to be honest. I don't think you guys are going to catch the Braves because I think the no. Braves are also going to just be dominant, but I yeah. think you guys will surpass the Marlins. They're the best team nationally by far, the Braves. I've now seen them a lot, and we hear them on our airways most nights as well. They're the best team in the national. Now, they're going to have pressure on them when we get to October. Because it's time for them to step up and win another one. I know they did a couple of years ago, but it's time again for them to do it as, as good as that. One more thing before we get uh, before we get where we're going here. The very last two words that were said in the first hour of uh, this program, which was Mashup Monday. I'm going to try and keep using that you know, marketing slogan because I like it. Were what, AJ? What were the last two words before we went to the ESPN Sports Center update that you uttered? Go kickers. You did. And I just want to say this for the record. I share that sentiment. I'm with you on that. I want our local teams to win. I got to thinking about it during the break. I'm like, well, I bash soccer. Does that mean that people think I don't want the kickers to do well? And the answer to that is unequivocally no. I do want them to win. Uh, I want Rob Ukrop and, and, and Darren Sawatsky and the whole gang to be successful. And you to be you to be happy with that, and they're drawing great crowds over there at City Stadium. So I'm with you on that. I echo go kickers. No, right? nobody's going to misconstrue that, Bob. You're a huge Darren fan above and beyond. <laughs> like am. if it was bowling, you would root for Darren. <laughs> yes. so, and I like bowling, by yeah. the way. And you I love do like Ukrop. bowling. <laughs> we got a lot and of I love kickers. Ukrop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of kickers things coming up, but no, no, no. You've been a huge supporter, and nobody can doubt that. All right. Yes, absolutely. And Darren's a great interview. So, um, and actually, he's he's gonna. I'm not like Matt. I don't I don't believe in this jinx about talking about our guests and then it not showing up. But Darren's supposed to be on Thursday, right? Um, Thursday, four fifteen. Right, four fifteen. And I, I'm actually out on Thursday, but but this week and this week only, or at least this week for the first time since pre-pandemic, I'm pretty confident I can say that we are actually going to have a local fill-in host instead of just going to ESPN Radio and the network programming because it's a Thursday. Sean Robertson, who co-hosts with me on Thursdays for the Feel Good Thursday edition of the Sports Auto. 
is going to do the show. So he will have the interview with Darren Sawatsky, and he'll be excited about that because Sean's been out there a lot uh, covering them for, for CBS 6, the only local sports TV station in town. So he'll have that interview as part of the Thursday Sports Huddle. So you will have a Thursday Sports Huddle. It'll be even better than normal because I won't be here, but Sean will be hosting on Thursday. All right, we're getting it's ahead a of fun ourselves. Week. It's going it to be is. a fun week. It will be. It will absolutely be. And I'm thrilled that that's happening. Um, hopefully, it's the start of something for us, um, particularly, yeah, you know, like I said, on Thursday when Sean's available and he can host uh, if I happen to be out for a day, which I am on Thursday this week. All right, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's get you going in the 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You could save up to 30%. If you'd like more info and details, go to the website, James River Air. We will have a College World Series champion crowned tonight in Omaha. Game three of the three-game series. It's all SEC in the final. It's Florida and LSU. It's at 7 o'clock tonight from Omaha, 645 airtime from Westwood One here on 1061. ESPN. Looking forward to that one. Braves are in action at home tonight against the Twins. As we mentioned, we're going to do the World Series game tonight, get back to the Braves games tomorrow. So Twins and Braves from Atlanta, they're playing tonight. Orioles with a really intriguing series. They're at home against the Cincinnati Reds tonight, who just lost two out of three to the Braves over the weekend. But before that, the Reds had been the hottest team, red-hot Reds, in the uh, in the National League. So that's some of the baseball Uh, coming up all right we are wide open for the rest of the show and i do want to get into uh my experience going to the diamond the other night had not been out there yet this season and it was the friday night when they played the doubleheader uh, because they'd been rained out against harrisburg and i kind of went out to see some of the nationals prospects and uh Obviously, uh, James Wood is one of the top prospects in minor league baseball. His dad, Kenny Wood, is a Richmond Athletics Hall of Famer for his prowess on the basketball court. He was there Friday night, so I got to catch up with him. It was a blast uh, being out of the diamond for a lot of reasons. So I want to talk a little bit about that uh, as we move along uh, during the 5 o'clock hour as well. All right, let's get the break in here, almost 519. Come back on the other side. Would love for you to chime in. I'm waiting for, like, Spider John on the Braves thing and Freddie Freeman and, and Dolphin Dave, like AJ as a Mets fan lost two out of three of the fills this weekend so all those guys if you'd like to interact with us and gals would love to hear from you 804-327-0888 sports hello monday afternoon no rain in the area yet still sun splashed back after the break 1061 espn Atlanta's best are on the diamond, and we've got the action live. Every Atlanta Braves broadcast is here on your home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Hey. Almost 25 after 5 on uh, Monday afternoon. Hopefully you're on your way home and the rain hasn't gotten to you yet or the storms. I better not just say rain because I think this is a little more serious than that i think we're supposed to have some pretty serious uh thunderstorms and wind and and that sort of thing as we get into the evening hours but mother nature has cooperated at least for the time being if you're on that nine to five or eight thirty to five clock you're in pretty good shape i think right now because i'm out further west and it's coming from the west and it hasn't gotten here yet so downtown richmond and the south side should be pretty clear 
um, right now. So so get where you're going and be safe there this afternoon. Um, but know that, that some of that's coming. And if they do need to break in with emergency weather updates, you'll hear them here on 106.1 ESPN. All right, speaking of rain, I had the opportunity to go out to the Diamond Friday night for the makeup doubleheader. They had gotten rained out, I guess, Wednesday or Thursday and played two on Friday. I hadn't been out yet this year, so I uh, was able to get out there. Uh, Blaine McCormick, one of their play-by-play guys and a guy who has done some broadcasting for us at the University of Richmond, got me set up to go on out there. So my group went out ahead of me because uh, I had to do the show up until 6 o'clock. So I got there in about the fourth or fifth inning of the first game against Harrisburg. And like I said, I was going – you know, kind of to see some of the Senators' prospects. I mentioned um, James Wood, certainly, but that team's loaded. It's got a lot of the prospects that came in the um, in the Juan Soto trade, which is something I also want to get into. And then uh, Robert Hassel is on that team, uh, outfielder. Um, I wanted to see him as well. And plus the, the Squirrels guys, and the Squirrels made a great comeback in that game. They were down, I think, 7-2. to when I came and got there, and they actually went extra innings in the first game of a doubleheader. Now, they only play seven innings when they play doubleheaders in minor league baseball. And the Squirrels wound up winning that one, and then they went ahead and won the nightcap as well. And they won Saturday, and they won Sunday. So, you know, my good luck, I guess, for the, for the Squirrels. And, again, very happy that they won those games and no real rooting allegiance. Certainly want the Squirrels to do well and to win. So, And I'll tell you what, it was a lot of fun. Uh, to go out there. Um, again, a lot of it was conversational. A lot of it was social. Um, but it, it it still was fun. And I'll say that with just a, a little bit of a caveat here. I, I, again, this is earth-shattering news. Stop the presses. We need a new ballpark. <laughs> that is the one. I mean, they keep doing a great job with promotions and putting people in there and dressing it up as best they can. But, man, it's, it is even more... Uh, so just showing its age all over. It's just showing its age, and it needs to get done. Now, I'll say this. My my buddy, Kenny Wood, whose games I called when he was at Richmond and whose son is playing for the Washington Senators, top, top six prospect in all of minor league baseball, James Wood, he said, hey, look, I travel all over watching James play, and they do it as good as anybody here in Richmond. Like, their marketing and what they do and how they take care of the fans, as good as anybody. That was a, a ringing endorsement um, from Kenny Wood because he's been to a lot of these ballparks, lower minor leagues, now in double-A, uh, following James as well. And James Wood is going to be one of the guys in that Futures game at, at the All-Star event out in Seattle uh, in a couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for him. Um as as well so um you know that that was pretty cool now here's here's the other thing um from the game and maybe i'll save this till after the break aj because your antenna is going to go up because it involves food food at the diamond should i hold off on that what do you think uh yeah you definitely better i better and you said we have a caller Brown, Ron, or Ron Brown, maybe. Maybe. How about we just call him Ron? <laughs> there you go. There we go. <laughs> that must have been the caller ID. Is that right, AJ? Is that where that came from? Yeah, huh? and it's yeah. backwards. Uh, My it, bad. It is. It is. <laughs> and I, I've owed Ron a uh, email or a phone call for quite some time, so he's just going to call me out on the air. Hello, Ron. How are you? Hey, Bob. How are you? How are you? Good. Um, 
I uh, wanted to know if you all heard any more about the possibility of uh, Portland uh, trading uh, Damian Lillard. Well, he's supposed to be going to Miami, right? Oh, really? Is that a pretty much a done deal now? I, I, AJ, help me. I don't know that I'd call it a done deal, but that's what's supposed to be happening, right? Yeah, no, no. I just got reports inside Robert Oley's brain that it is <laughs> Miami. That is the destination. No, just yeah. just kidding. It's, it's definitely <laughs> okay. Miami or Brooklyn, but it's going to be Miami. Yeah, don't go to Brooklyn. Go to Miami. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have a... I have a tie-in with him. Uh, one of uh, Dame's uh, mentors uh, was Jerome Kersey. Yes. Um, Jerome um, was working in the front office with the Trailblazers. Um, he really helped Dame um, get acclimated to professional basketball coming out of Weber State. And, um, and of course, today is uh, was, would have been Jerome's uh, – 61st birthday. Mm. Uh, Jerome passed away um, on February 18, 2015. Uh, was born on June 26, 1962. Um, I went to Longwood and, um, and went, was there at the same time Jerome was. So he's a, a very special human being, uh, not just what he did on the basketball court, but the mentorship that he brought to the young professionals. Um, when Jerome came in into the league after the 84 draft, the NBA was a lot different than it is now. So just wanted to, to shout out for that. And, and also thank you for the insight of where uh, Dame is going. Yep. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk some more, Ron, and do some more on that because uh, I know you're, you're intricately involved and uh, definitely want to do some more on Jerome Kersey from Longwood, as you mentioned, Clarksville, right? That he's a native of, of yep, Clarksville. Yeah, that's correct. Yep, yeah, here here in the Commonwealth. And Absolutely. give a shout out, Ron, to the uh, book. Yeah. So um, we Bob and I can talk about that later on, but real briefly, uh, there was a book that was done about Jerome in the fall of 2021 um, called Jerome Kersey Overcoming the Odds. It's available in all your normal outlets. Um, uh, Wayne Dementi of Goochland yep. County, who many of you all know, published the book. And um, the goal on Dementi Publishing, but it's uh, it's available. But Bob and I can talk more about that when um, when we get uh, settled in. And we will. We, we will do that. That's uh, on my agenda to get done. So I'll be in touch with you, Ron, and we will certainly get that done. And looking forward, looking forward to it. Great question there, AJ. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you so much, AJ. Thanks, Bob. Hi, Ron. Thanks. Yeah, Jerome Kersey. Yeah, he was only, what, like 52 uh, when, unfortunately, he, he passed away. But uh, tremendous basketball player, both in the NBA and, and obviously in college, won, a, won an NBA championship, in fact, um, if you want to bring it back to real time to, with the San Antonio Spurs back in the, late, in the late 90s. And, of course, the Spurs very much in the headline these days with uh, Victor Wembanyama and the number one pick in this year's NBA draft. All right, 532 on the Sports Huddle. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, finish up my experience at the Diamond from Friday. Hope to get back out there because it really was fun. Really enjoyed getting out there. I saw so many people. Uh, it was not like their biggest crowd of the year because it was a doubleheader and it was a, a rain out and it was raining on Friday. Look, they might not play again. But, man, I ran into a lot of good people out there at the Diamond. So a little bit more on that when we come back. Sports Auto continues, 1061 ESPN. The Braves are chasing their sixth straight division crown. Don't miss a moment of their pursuit here on the exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves, 1061 ESPN Richmond. 
This has been a fun Monday. Thank you, AJ, for putting this together. Mashup Monday with uh, Matt Josephs and yours truly. We'll do that in the 4 o'clock hour each Monday through the rest of the summer. Um, when we're on, I don't think we're going to be on next Monday. I say that with just a little bit of a question mark because this is that odd 4th of July kind of long weekend because the 4th of July is on a Tuesday. So who the heck wants to work on Monday when you could have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? I so didn't even I think, think about it. When, oh, when that no. brought it up, I'm like, wait, are we? Yeah, no, our guy Robert, you know, our our, our guy, he, he kind of left it up to, to us, to Jamie and Al and, and Matt and me. And as much as we love doing the show, four-day weekend kind of was pretty intriguing, right? Yeah, so if I, he, yeah. If he left it up to you four, I'm definitely off. <laughs> yeah, so I think I don't think we'll be on next Monday. And uh, we'll take the four days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and come back refreshed and ready to go on Wednesday um, of next week. Anyway, so a month, so it won't be next Monday, but every other Monday we'll we'll do that from four. It was really fun. Really enjoyed it. And like I said, we'll do it in the studio. We'll do it remotely. We'll have all sorts of different topics. Uh, I hope it I hope it played as well for those of you listening as it did for those of us doing it because I think we we certainly had fun had fun with it. All right, so so AJ, I'm, I'm out at the Diamond Friday night. And um, let me tell you something. First of all, um, Parney's a legend. He, he's just unbelievable. Like, I, I had a chance to say hello to him. He's standing behind home plate with some of the media folks and, uh, you know, up on the concourse. And I go over and I say hello. We talk for a little bit. I go over to talk to somebody else. And it couldn't have been like two or three minutes. I look around to see him again. He's gone, and he's down the right field line doing a promotion between innings. He's, like, out on the field. Yeah. Like, in two minutes, he, he went from standing there behind home plate on the concourse to down on the field, um, you know, throwing the crowd with some promotion down there. He's my, crazy. My first uh, training session for the morning was was Parney and <laughs> Al, and it was like, I was like, I've arrived. There was a very younger version of me when there was no real Google or anything like that that would listen to Al and you, and then just hearing Al and Parney, I was like, yep, I've arrived. Yeah, those are a couple legends right there between Al and, and Parney. No, no, so it was it was really fun. It was amazing. But here's what I did, AJ. So I, like I said, I got there after the group I was with. They'd already had something to eat. They raved about the tacos of all things at the Diamond. They thought they were great. The beer was cold. We had that. That was great. And again, it was not a huge, huge crowd, which is rare for the squirrels. They normally do. So it was easy to get to the concession stand. So I decided because when I went up to Philly. I didn't get my Philly cheesesteak. So, like, I knew it wasn't going to be as good, and that's no no slander at the squirrels or anything. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a Philly cheesesteak. They have a stand right behind home plate. It was right there. Nobody was in line at the moment. So I walked up. I got myself a Philly cheesesteak from the Diamond, which I don't think I've ever had there, with the cheese and the peppers and the onions, the roll. They cook it up in front of you, all of that. And and I, I, that's what I had at the Diamond. And it was good. Again, I'm a snob when it comes to Philly cheesesteaks because only the best from Philly. But it wasn't bad. It could have had, like, like even a little bit more zesty taste to it. But, you know, it wasn't, wasn't bad for my first Diamond Philly cheesesteak. What type of cheese? Uh, I think it was provolone. Uh, it see? No, you know. No, wait a minute. No, hold on. It was actually shredded which I would not normally do. A Philly cheesesteak would not be shredded. It would be one of two things. It would either be the, the whiz, you know, the cheese sauce, or it would be provolone, actually. It would. Just slices of provolone on top of the chopped steak. So that, that, that would be me. 
anyway. So I do think that might have been part of the – I don't even want to call it an issue because it was still good, but part of the difference. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, uh, yeah, no, to me, white cheese. Uh, but, again, I understand that that maybe I don't get a take on Philly cheesesteaks, you know? No, you don't. Not from L.A. and New York. No, yeah. you definitely don't. But I'll tell you the other thing I had, which is also uh, us Philadelphians take pride in, and I don't really know why unless they, were, I guess, started in Philadelphia. But Fictional we, we, characters having well, a statue? I, yeah, no, well, that too. Well, I'll tell you something about that, but – um, I guess I mentioned it last week with the bridge opening with all the mascots, so never mind. But I had a soft pretzel. And I don't know if they were invented in Philadelphia, but we do call them our own. I don't know why we do. But we like the, the, the cheesesteak thing and the hoagie thing, I get that. Those are Philadelphia. The soft pretzel, I don't know. You can get that anywhere in the country. But any event, that was really good. The soft pretzel I had at the Diamond the other night was really good. It was warm out of the, the thing and, and nicely salted. And uh, I had to share it, believe me, because everybody thought it was really good. So so the soft pretzel, pretzel was invented in southern Germany, but yeah. it looks like perfected in Philly, <laughs> which is weird because I'm reading another thing that says pretzel, pretzels itself was invented in Italy. The soft pretzel in southern Germany and perfected in Philadelphia. Well, it was perfected in Philadelphia. I love buying them from the street vendors in Philly, and they put them in the brown paper bags. And they give them that. Oh, that is so good with the mustard. Got to have the mustard. Uh, I've been convinced to have the cheese sauce every once in a while with the soft pretzel too. But so that was my my experience at the Diamond. Again, the uh, Flying Squirrels played very well. I know it's been a, a struggle for them um, the second half of the first half of the season, which came to a close, I guess, with with that series. They're now at the halfway point, so they start from scratch. But they built some momentum. They played really well. They played sound baseball. They won both games that doubleheader, and then they won again on Saturday and Sunday. So hopefully they have a really good second half of the season. The crowds, I'm sure, will continue to be good. Of course, they have the 4th of July and the fireworks coming up next week. It'll be sold out. I don't think it is quite yet, but it, it will be. It's a great event. Um, get out there and support the Flying Squirrels. And like I said, I went out specifically to see James Wood, who would come over in that trade um, with with San Diego, and his dad, Kenny, was there. A uh, little bit of a rough week for him. He started out okay. He went two for five in the first game. But then I think he went like two for 14 in the last five or six games that he played. Uh, but he is one of the up-and-coming prospects. Boy, he's a long, lanky, good-looking kid. And it runs well, long strides, played both center field and right field. So he's got some versatility. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was really fun to watch him uh, play and, and keep an eye on him. That's the beauty of the minor leagues. You get to see these guys on their way up. I think he, the, the latest um, minor league baseball like prospect list came out, and he, as I said, he is still sixth in all the minor league baseball on that list. Now, there were a couple other nationals who were up there and have kind of uh, fallen on hard times a little bit. Again, these are subjective, uh, opinionated rankings and lists and that sort of thing. But Robert Hassel, still in the top 100, dropped from 41 to 99. And Elijah Green, another of the outfielders, went from 58 to 86. So they're cutting their teeth is what's happening here in minor league baseball. And um, and that's why – and they're going to go back up again, and they're going to – they're going to do well. The Nationals got such a haul out of that Juan Soto deal. And wasn't that amazing yesterday, before we go to the break, uh, Soto for the Padres, Mackenzie Gore for the Nationals, pitcher, who came over in that trade, and Gore struck him out three straight times. The first three times that Soto came up yesterday, 
Mackenzie Gore struck him out. A couple of big-time situations, and they kind of chirped at each other a little bit after the third strikeout. I actually... I, I, well, I actually originally thought that Soto was kind of tipping his cap, his helmet, to him. Like, okay, you got me. You're pretty good. You got me here. And I guess Gore in the postgame said, yeah, we'd been doing some trash talking back and forth. And I figured that was the last batter I was going to face in the game anyway. I was coming out. So I was pretty stoked about it. And he should have been. He struck out Juan Soto three times in San Diego, no less. I'll tell you what, if that had been a true baseball town, all due respect to you, San Diego, if that if that's New York, Philly, Boston, Chicago, man, they're getting on that team. That team, as much as the Mets are underachieving, the Padres are really underachieving. They're just, you know, they, they've got that California, Southern California attitude out there. They're chirping a little bit and they're buzzing, but it, it's not as, you know, vitriolic as, as it would have been in New York or Philly or Boston. For sure. All right, before we go to the break, uh, Reggie, hello there. Hope you had a good weekend. Thanks for checking in on Monday. I did, you know, man. Great weekend. You got me hungry on this food talk. <laughs> but I got to say, Bob, looking at this uh, World Series, AK, Nat Championship bas- I mean, bas- baseball game, I think, uh, what, Florida just scored again or what? For 24 to 2 selection. Yep. But, but it only counts as one win, Reggie. So they got to go back and do it again tonight. Yeah, well. I'm going to LSU. Uh, my cousin, Barney, who's in the Virginia Hall of Fame of high school, Barney Cobb, track star from John Marshall, attended LSU back right. in the uh, early 70s. So I'm going with LSU. All right. I'm going to go with Florida, so we'll have something to agree to disagree on, and we'll be able to uh, trash talk each other after the game, all right? Just that. Appreciate right. it. All right, Reg. Thanks. Let's catch up later in the week. Thank you, Reggie. All right, one more segment to go. We'll wrap it up for a uh, fun Monday on the Sports Huddle. We'll finish it up for you next, 1061 ESPN. He loves sports. He loves talking about sports. And just like you, he knows he's smarter than any owner, coach, or ref in the league. Matt Josephs is live 3 to 4 weekday afternoons on 1061 ESPN Richmond. <laughs> Matt Josephs at the end of his Border to Border today mentioned this, but I want to also because that was a couple hours ago. And since I was just talking about the Nationals and the Padres and the underachieving uh, Padres who are actually closer to last place than first place in the National League West, did you see the comment from Xander Bogarts of the uh, of the Padres yesterday? I love this is one of the best quotes of the year. Uh, and he kind of threw a little shade at the Nats, but by the same token complimented them and just kind of ripped his own team. And that'll go along. That should go a long way with fans. Like they're upset. They're they're restless. They made all these trades, got all these superstars, and they stink right now. And he said, "Come on, man, we're playing the Nationals. I don't think they have any playoff aspirations. They obviously have a young team, and they fight. They do fight, but I wouldn't say anyone picked the Nationals to be in the playoffs. So you have to beat the teams that you have to beat." That's pretty good stuff right there. Like, that quote would go over great, again, in New York, Boston, Philly, Chicago. Like, the passionate fan base would say, okay, this guy, this player gets it. He understands our frustration and that we want to win. Um, that, was, um, that was a great quote from him. By the way, I got one more thing to finish up. Uh, Matt started this. Great job by Matt with the, the five, what do you call them, AJ, things he hated the most in sports or dumbest things in sports, something like that. And we, we rattled off all sorts of things. 
Well, I just happened to look up at my Philadelphia Phillies wall calendar that I have proudly on my wall in the home studio. And I looked at these three games against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. And I thought I mentioned this earlier, and I was wrong. All three of them are night games. You cannot go to Wrigley Field, the last bastion of day baseball that didn't have lights for all those years, which was such a great thing, and not play at least one day game. Midweek day baseball, Wrigley Field, 2.20 Eastern time start. That's just such a – in the sunshine with the ivy. I know I'm romanticizing it, but it's – it's so the Phillies are there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they're all 8 o'clock games Eastern, 7 o'clock in, in, in Chicago. That can't be. That's one of the dumbest things in sports. I think Major League Baseball is a mega rule. If you go to Wrigley Field and you play a three- or four-game series, at least one of those games – has to be in the daytime. Especially in summer. In the summer, right. I, I, that's a great great point. I'll even amend it. From like May 15th to August 30th, something like that. If you're a visiting team, you go for a three-game or a four-game series, at least one of those games has to be in the daytime. And, and again, boo on the Cubs. It's not the Phillies. Pro- it's not the problem of the Cubs. But third. underground projects call 888-666-3776 